Hi and welcome. This is Nibbles in Space with me, Malcolm McDonald. So, where are all the spacecraft? Well, it's possible to begin to orbit the Earth from around 80 to 100 kilometres, the approximate boundary of space. But this would only be for a really short time due to the drag force from the residual atmosphere. And this force will have an effect on all spacecraft up to at least 500 kilometres altitude, but on occasion to over a thousand kilometres altitude. Most spacecraft will fly at altitudes from around 300 kilometres upwards, and all orbits below 2,000 kilometres altitude are termed low Earth orbit, or LEO. And in this region, spacecraft will complete a revolution of the Earth in about 90 to 120 minutes. And the duration, or period of an orbit will increase as altitude increases. Beyond LEO is the region known as medium Earth orbit, where we find the various global navigation satellite systems or GNSS constellations, such as the United States Global Positioning System or GPS. And typically spacecraft like this will complete a revolution of the Earth in about 12 hours. As we continue to get further away from the Earth, we reach geostationary orbit or GEO, at an altitude of just under 36,000 kilometres, where spacecraft complete a revolution of the Earth directly above the equator in one day. This means a geostationary spacecraft appears stationary in the sky as it's rotating at the same speed as the Earth. These geospacecraft are really useful for providing regular hemispherical images of the Earth for use in weather forecasting and for providing communication services, everything from live rolling 24 hours global news through to coverage of major sport events. But they do suffer from what's termed horizontal foreshortening at high latitudes, where detail in images is lost due to the curve of the Earth away from the spacecraft. And this can be an issue for weather satellites for anything north of Glasgow or Moscow. And again, due to the curve of the Earth, if you're north of Svalbard at about 81 degrees latitude, then geosatellites are below the southern horizon and so not of any use. The Moon is found at approximately 10 times the distance to Geo, or over 60 times the radius of the Earth. Beyond the Moon, there are other useful orbits, but to understand these, we must now consider the effect of the Earth's and the Sun's gravity on our spacecraft. The so-called three-body problem, because there are three bodies, our spacecraft, the Earth and the Sun, and due to the challenge or problem of predicting how their gravitational forces interact and consequently predicting the future motion. As a spacecraft moves away from the Earth, the gravity of the Sun begins to increasingly influence its motion. Far enough away from the Earth and the influence of the Earth's gravity is lost and the spacecraft orbits the Sun just as Earth does. It follows that at some point the influence of both the Earth's and the Sun's gravity must be equal and this is termed a Lagrange point and there are five of them. The first Lagrange point, L1, is located on a line connecting the Earth and the Sun, about 1.5 million kilometres from the Earth. That's about 1% of the distance to the Sun, or about 37 times around the Earth. The second Lagrange point is again located on the same Sun-Earth line and at a similar distance from Earth, but away from the Sun. These two Lagrange points provide really valuable vantage points. From L1, we can observe the Sun without the Earth getting in the way, and we can look back at the Earth in continuous daylight. And from L2, we can observe the universe without the Sun or the Earth getting in the way. 
However, this is only the edge of Earth's local region in space. It's a lot more space beyond the Lagrange points, and counting in kilometres becomes a challenge, so we tend to use what are called astronomical units, or AU, where one AU is the Earth's distance to the Sun, about 150 million kilometres. And humanity has sent spacecraft to every planet in the solar system, and we've even sent spacecraft beyond our solar system, with Voyager 1, the first to leave in August 2012, when it was about 121 AU from the Sun. And Voyager 1 continues to move away at around 3.6 AU per year from the Sun. And it's destined to eternally wander the Milky Way, occasionally passing nearby to a star every few tens or hundreds of thousands of years. This was a Nibble in Space with me, Malcolm McDonald. For a little more of a nibble on this with some visuals, why not visit spaceprof.xyz or subscribe to the podcast for future nibbles. In the next nibble, we'll munch and muse, what's space got to do with national security? <laughs> <laughs>